Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Wendy Dillett here. And a very foolish feeling, Walt Thiessen, because I just figured out why we got this crazy echo going on, Wendy. It's because I had the player playing on the homepage of my website, so it was playing back to me what we were oh, broadcasting. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I felt like I was in this gigantic echo chamber. <laughs> Well, you know what was funny, and I think this is, it's worth sharing on air, is that while you were, you and I were off air for a few moments trying to figure out the problem, and of course, I'm just sitting here waiting for you because you're the one in front of the dashboard, and um, you're just like, oh my God, this is so weird, this is so weird, this has never happened before, (laughs) and in my mind, what I said to myself was, well, we created a problem, and the moment a problem is created, also a solution is created. And I wonder what, what that is. And then you said, let's try again. And that's when the advertising played back. Right. And then you said, I think I just figured it out. <laughs> that was so bizarre. And I thought, <laughs> how fascinating that it's like I was already looking toward the solution, and look how fast it showed up. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. It's cool, but boy, do I feel stupid. <laughs> uh, no need to feel stupid. You know, we all learn. And now you know you'll never do that again. <laughs> no, I mean it's the first time I've done it in five years. I, I guess there was a first time for everything, but you know there you now go. I've got this one done. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had some other technical wins today, so yeah, it's much better than that. this one. Yeah, big big technical win. Uh, listeners who have been listening for quite some time may have noticed at various times that uh, the show has a tendency to just kind of blip out for like three or four seconds. And that's actually been an ongoing problem at this end because, uh, obviously, Wendy, you and I do this, and I do it with my other co-hosts online using the Internet. And my Internet connection had this tendency to do just that. It would drop for like three, four, five seconds and then come back, which was bizarre. And I've been working trying to get my, my cable, my, my, my ISP to, you know, figure out what was wrong and fix it for about a year and a half now. I mean, it's been like an ongoing thing. Um, it even got to the point where I was so frustrated I was contacting the, the state, you know, the utilities department to say, hey, look, you know, you guys regulate these guys, do something. <laughs> well, on last Wednesday, I said, I'll try one more time. So I contacted the company one more time and went through all the stuff at the, uh, you know, you, you go to the call center and you're, you're on hold and you're listening to the hold music and all that stuff. And then you end up talking to somebody. And it was the usual thing. Let's see what had happened in the past. Every time I called in, they always had a different solution. Oh, it's, well, you got to do this. Oh, well, you got to do that. Oh, like five, six, seven, eight solutions, none of which worked. (laughs) They were really good at coming up with solutions, but none of them worked. And so I said, okay, fine, we got to go through this again. So we went through it again. They suggested some more stuff. One of the things they suggested was so far off the wall, I said, look, you're not even addressing the right problem here. (laughs) But, But anyway... At one point, I mentioned that I had reported this to the state. It was amazing how fast the action was from that point on. I got routed like three <laughs> times in two minutes until I ended up with this guy at the broadband desk. I described the problem to him. He says, I'm going to send a technician out there tomorrow or, or on Monday so you can take a look at this. I said, okay, good. I like this. <laughs> Don't you love leverage? <laughs> I love leverage. It's wonderful. I'll take it any way I can get it. So anyway, he showed up today. The technician showed up today. And he actually called before he came by. He was working on, you know, the little box that's out in the neighborhood where we hook into. 
they call it the central office. And he was working at the central office before he even called me. And when he called me, he said, uh, are you still experiencing the problem? I said, well, it happens intermittently. I can't really predict when it's going to happen, you know. But, uh, yes, we've been experiencing it for quite some time. He says, well, I think I know what it is. And he describes it to me. And I said, you know, that, that sounds like it could be quite plausible. That would make sense. So he actually comes over after that, and we're chatting for a bit, and he's explaining stuff to me. And fortunately, I'm technically minded, so I could carry on an intelligent conversation. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the best part was he told me, by the way, if you run into any problems in the future, here's my phone number, my cell number. Just call me directly. I said, really? I don't have to call the, the call center? He says, no, no, no. I actually that, prefer it if you call amazing. me. That's <laughs> amazing. I said, what? <laughs> Holy cow. So I, I think I count that as a big win. Huge. Huge. I mean, that was like, wow, not very often you get your own personal ISP technician, you know? <laughs> I wonder if he gives out his number because he knows he's so good at what he's doing. It get, offers really great customer service, but he doesn't really have to do anything because he already knows he took care of the problem. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, I won't argue with that. I mean, to me, the best possible solution is where I don't have to call him at all, but it certainly is nice to have him in my backpack in case I do need to call him because... Wow, so much better than having to deal with a call center. We all know what that's like. So, yeah, this, is, this, so this has been a good day. It, it's been a weird day because we started off very strange, but it's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's also it's also a good day because we're talking about a book that was released that you played a role in putting out, which is pretty exciting. Right. It is very exciting. Uh, the book is called Creating Business Beyond This Reality. Um, I asked the publisher, I'm like, what exactly does that mean? I knew it was about business, but beyond this reality to her represented doing things in an unconventional way. Oh, okay. I, so I, I kind of in were... my head subtitle it, creating business in an unconventional way. I, I thought maybe they were uh, exploring new marketplaces. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to me, I couldn't really tell from the title. Um, I would say all of the authors, of which I am one contributing author, um, are all from the metaphysical community. So we all have a very metaphysical take on doing business because most of us are intuitive or we have different divination um, practices that we, we dabble in. And so it's not your, you know, coming out of the corporate world. Right, It's right. really coming out of a more metaphysical space. Um and what I think is interesting, I was reading an article a while back um, in, from LinkedIn, and it was from Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the, the guy from Facebook. Right. And he said, we are now living in the entrepreneurial age. That's true. And yeah. that really caught my attention because I had on my own noticed that an awful lot of people that I hobnob with were self-employed yeah. or trying to be self-employed. And um, I know millennials are very either jump from one job to another and or do it themselves self-employed. I remember so, I remember when I was a kid, it was really rare to know anybody who was self-employed. And, in fact, there were books that it was the early stage of the self-help books, and there were books being published on how to become you know, your, your own employer and so forth. And they were revolutionary at the time. Today they'd be mundane and boring. But at the time it was like, whoa, you know, you could actually – consider doing that as a career move isn't that dangerous you'd lose your salary and everything <laughs> <laughs> well 
one of the things that makes this book so interesting, and the reason why, well, of course, I'm launching a book, so, you know, why not use this as a platform to do it? Sure, why not? But to me, it has such a law of attraction story behind it. Because for many years, I thought that credentializing myself was how I would put myself on the map as a coach. And literally over 10 years ago, I started working on a doctoral program. And I got through my bachelor's. I got to the point where I'd done all the book work for my master's degree. And what was left for my master's was to write a thesis. And literally 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, I wrote it. And it was on the Law of Attraction, which at the time, the Law of Attraction was really not that much in people's um, purview. People didn't really know about it. It wasn't really a household name because the secret hadn't come out yet. Right. And mm-hmm. Oprah wasn't talking about it yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I write this thesis, and here's what was fascinating. I'm proofreading it. I'm almost at the end. Like, I just needed to write the conclusion. And I realized it felt really unfinished to me because the things that I was trying to state in this thesis, like here's the body of work that I've been you know, working with and here's what I have to say that perhaps no one else has said, I went, you know what? I have so many questions now. I literally unearthed the questions in the process of writing my thesis. Hmm. And so I contacted the university And I said, I don't feel comfortable turning this in. And I actually get a sense that I need a couple of years to live some life based on what I've written and then see what the conclusion is. Mm. And because the school is a metaphysical school, they said, we totally understand. And you're not the first person who has called and asked for this kind of an extension. (laughs) No kidding. Wow, that's very interesting. And I was like, well, that's cool. So fast forward, I don't know, maybe six, seven years. Within that time frame, I like tried to go back and rewrite it and rewrite it, and still it just kept making more questions and more questions. Then at about eight years later, I totally rewrote it, and I'm like, I'm, I've got a lot of questions answered, and I'm ready to present this paper. And so at this point, now we're very much Internet-oriented. Right. And I called the school, and I said, um, so here's my story, and I have all this, like my – the first half of the master's, you can't turn it in, like where I actually do the book work. You don't turn it in until you, you turn it in with the thesis as well. I see. And I said, it's all handwritten because that's the way it's done, but I'm sure you probably do it digitally now. And they said, we do. Okay. And I said, well, what about the thesis? They said, well, actually, we, we've changed our criteria. I went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she sends me the new criteria, and I went, oh, my God, I'm going to have to rework this thing all again oh my but she, was really, she was really kind she said we understand that you know you don't have to rewrite the whole thing but if you worked with the new criteria it will be more easy for you when you get to your um, doctorate okay I'm like oh, okay I'll think on it okay so you know to me every time I worked on it I would take time off from my day job so I could have concentrated time to work on my book sure. or my thesis and so somehow time slipped by, and now, I don't know, it's probably 10, 11, 12 years since I started this thing. It's still on the law of attraction. Law of attraction is now, oh, it's not mainstream, but it's coming close to critical mass where many people have at least heard of it. Sure. And yet I still feel like there's just one little missing something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's there. 
But the reason I tell this kind of elongated, silly story <laughs> is I've been attempting to credentialize myself for over a decade. Mm. And the thing I almost said to you, maybe we should title the show Law of Attraction Never Forgets. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Not a bad title. Law of Attraction knew the reason why I was going, jumping through all these hoops was because I wanted to get credentialized because I thought people needed to think that or know that I'm somebody who's like worthy of them hiring as a coach <laughs> because at the time there just weren't that many life coaches and nobody was doing law of attraction coaching, which is what I was doing. Right. So here's the funny part. I kind of gave up the idea, not of finishing my thesis. That's really now it's become more of a personal goal mm -hmm. versus a professional need. Sure. And I gave up on it, and I went, you know, it'll happen when it happens, if it ever happens, <laughs> but I'm not going to wait to credentialize myself before I get started again or, or feel more comfortable saying, yes, I'm a life coach and I know what I'm doing. Good for you. That's Thank good. Thank you. That's very good. And, well, and so I've kind of gone through, obviously, many different internalizing of how I can feel comfortable presenting myself as who I know I, d I am. Meanwhile... I, literally a year ago, I'm on Facebook, and this woman private messages me, somebody I had just become Facebook friends with, but I knew her because she was a publisher, and a couple of my friends had been co-authors for some of the books she'd published. Ah. And, she, and she sends me this private message, and she said, hi, would you like to be a, an author on my book? <laughs> We'd never talked before. So we get on the phone, and we are now talking, and one of my questions is, why did you pick me? Yeah, that would be my first question. And she said, well, I'm very intuitive, and your name just came across me on a Facebook post because you were tagged, and the thought came to me, ask her if she wants to be on my book. Oh, my goodness. I said, I said but do you even know if I have a business or not? She goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I trust my intuition of, like, holy cow. Wow. And I said, well, actually, I do have something to say about business because I've had some type of a business every year of my life since I was probably 16 years old. And she went, wonderful. And so she kind of gave <laughs> she me a little even bit surprised. of the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even and surprised. So oh, my goodness. I came up with, yeah, I come up with my chapter, which is the entrepreneurial mindset, which to me is about being an entrepreneur in business as well as encapsulating the law of attraction, thought-provoking, it's all about what you focus on, mm -hmm. all in one. Okay. So I, we thought the book was going to launch last September, and then there were some technical things and some contractual things, and it kept almost happening, almost happening, almost happening, and then last week, I got an email saying, hey, the book is launching on Monday, December 4th. Oh, today? Oh, okay. Today. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have made so many different time periods available for when I thought the book was going to launch. I'd take the week off, and I'd be all prepared, <laughs> and then it wouldn't happen. Well, this week is like, for me and my, my day job, it's like – I'm still in end of the month November, ah, and yes. I'm in training. I'm training somebody, and I've got all sorts of fires going on and lots of chaos happening. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and then, and part of my job being one of the co-authors is the marketing piece. 
And I'm like, well, I don't really have a huge list, but I do have a couple Facebook pages. And, you know, and so last night I was up until, I don't know, 1 or 2 in the morning getting all my marketing going and scheduling posts. And, oh, my gosh, i got to tell you, it's been, so, it's been such a rush because the Facebook comments have been flying between – there's like 21 authors. Ah. And – our intention was to get this to be a number one bestseller. And I neglected to say that when I talked to this woman, I said to her, yes, I want to write a chapter in the book because you turn out number one bestsellers. Ah. And in my mind, there's a credential that I would be happy to have. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... I guess as of about two hours ago, we're climbing, and I think we're already at number 11. And as long as people keep buying the book today, well, I know we'll hit number one before the end of the day. I absolutely know it. This is number 11 on what list? Amazon. On Amazon. For a particular category? Um, we're in three categories. We're in metaphysical, we're in business, and we're, I think, in self-help. I think those are the categories. Okay. And I don't quite know how it all works. But all I know is our metaphysical listing was somewhere, I think we were at number 11 about an hour or two ago. Wow. And so, I mean, like we've been getting emails all day from the publisher saying we're at 64, we're at 32, now we're at 11. It's like, whoa, what a rush. This is so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> but, you know, law of attraction never forgets. I wanted to have a credential that the broad audience would respect. The broad audience would go, whoa, she's an author. Not that many people become an author. Now, I happen to know that Walt Eason became an author. <laughs> <laughs> to far less acclaim, I must add, as, as an honest, uh, uh, I don't know, what, I'm not sure what the word is. I, I guess honest uh, uh, t total reveal, I'm not sure what to call it. <laughs> But you took the time, you persevered, you wrote a book, oh, yeah. you published it, yep. people bought it, they did. you're an author. <laughs> yeah, yep. Just not known by very many people, that's all. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love how I didn't have to, like, put it on the universe's to-do list. Yeah. Do something to make Wendy get a credential. And talk about path of least resistance, because, you know, the law of attraction always works with path of least resistance. I had no resistance to a woman out of the blue honoring me with the idea that she wanted me to write a chapter in a book. I'm like, okay. That's pretty wild. I mean, why would I say no? Because yeah. I can write, you know. Sure. Um, but that was absolutely not the pathway that I expected to get credentialed. But. Hey. I also love the synchronicity of timing. Oh, yeah. Because here I kept waiting every month. It's like, is it going to be this month? Is it going to be this month? And finally, I just literally, in November, that was like my last vacation period, you know, that I took from my job. Right. And I went, oh, you know, <laughs> if it never happens, it never happens. Yeah, At least happens. I had fun writing the book. <laughs> and then, boom. Here you are. Yeah. I, let, I let go of my resistance. Boom. There it is. And it's on the heels of you contacting me and me being a part of this wonderful radio podcast. Yeah, it's been a pretty busy two weeks for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I have another platform that just 
um, I did an interview on Law of Attraction, and they also just published an ebook that I wrote. Um, and I'm wait- it's already out, but they need to do some corrections, and then I'll add that to my website so people can go get get my free ebook, which is ten tips on how to make how the Law of Attraction can work for you. We should do a show on that one too. All righty. Yeah. But all of these things have happened in this little teeny time frame, which I'll also say happened right after I went to an Abraham Hicks workshop. (laughs) And I knew I was supposed to go to that workshop. I didn't have any specific questions when I bought my ticket a few months ago. But everything in me said something is going to break that needs to break. You'll let go of resistance, and you're going to skyrocket. So you had a little intuitive thing of your own. I mean, regardless of what this editor did, you had your own intuitive thing going. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, every author in in the book has their own intuitive thing going. Oh, really? So it's this wonderful co-creative vortex of swirling energy of all of us coming together because this met a criteria for all of us that we were looking for in our life. That's very cool. One of the authors, because we we tagged each other, you know, as we were posting today on Facebook. Right. One of the authors happened to notice the picture on my Facebook page, and it's a a picture um, of like a sand carving off on the beach that says, it's so easy to have an an amazing life. Mm. And she recognized it as there, there was a workshop participant that sculpted that in the sand while I was at the Cancun land cruise of Abraham's. Oh, and she recognized that. Okay. And she said, by chance, were you at the Cancun event? Because (laughs) I was there, too. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yes, I was. (laughs) And she's somebody who Facebooked me probably about two months ago. And I didn't know who she was, but I looked at her Facebook, and I went, I like her post. I like what she stands for. It's very law of attraction, so I'll say yes. I had no idea she was one of the co-authors on the book I'm doing. And so you don't really remember her from the cruise. You just The two of you just figured out you were on the same cruise. Well, she figured it out by looking at the picture I had on my Facebook. Right, right. Um, header. You know, because anybody who was at that cruise knew that that was a very significant visual for all of us. Oh, okay. So, so it, was, it was just very cool, but I'm thinking... You know, I think I want to get to know her. I just, I just love how law of attraction just is moving and grooving all the time, even when we have no clue what, what it's managing on our behalf. But it's always managing something that is part of what we have asked for, part of. And Ruff. Oh, go ahead. Well, and I always wanted to see what my writing would be like. I mean, I knew I was a good writer. But it's like I loved writing that chapter. Mm. Um, I wanted to have some credentials. And it's like all those things are just like falling into place. And I didn't go looking for those things specifically, even though I had desired them. And, and right. roughly how many people were on that cruise? I'm curious. <sighs> 1,400 plus. Oh, okay. So it's not really surprising that you wouldn't recognize who she was at all. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, it was a land cruise, and the way the land cruises work, um, they they basically rent out an entire resort. Oh, dear. <laughs> so that the only people that are staying at the resort 
are part of the Abraham Hicks audience. So it's like a little town, really. Yeah, and so, like, you know, all the restaurants, and it's all-inclusive. So you pay, like, one, just like when you go on a cruise, you know, the food's included. Right. Well, here we're staying at a, a resort on a beach, and all the food's included. You don't pay for any food. Very nice. So all the restaurants are open, and you just stand <laughs> in line, and you go to a restaurant. And so every day I ate with somebody different mm-hmm. for every meal. Sure. And really, you know, but I guess this woman and I just never connected there but no big deal We're well connecting uh, out now. of 1400 that's not terribly surprising i mean if if you made 100 to 200 friends you were probably doing very very well and you'd still miss most of them <laughs> well so that reminds me another day i get off the elevator heading back to my hotel room and this girl and i are together on the elevator and because i know everybody's an abraham hicks person it's really easy to strike up conversation sure yeah so we exchanged names, and then I said, where are you from? She goes, the Dallas area, and I said, so am I. <laughs> so now the elevator door is open, and we're, we're shuffling through our purses, and we exchange cards, mm-hmm. and we said, hey, let's get, you know, and she said to me, I'll give you a call within the first couple of weeks after we get back. Okay. Great. Okay, a year goes by. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham's coming to Dallas, and so I contacted her, and I said, hey, I know we haven't connected in the last year, but might you be going to the Abraham thing in Dallas because maybe we can do lunch together. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've already created a group of people that are going to meet up. A lot of us don't even know each other. And she said, sure, tell me where and I'll, I'll join you. So this is the first time I'm kind of really getting to know this gal. And since then, it's been about a year and a half, and we've become really – she's part of my inner circle. Nice. And one of my dearest friends. And what I think is – and she and I laugh about it all the time – we didn't get to know each other at all in Cancun. <laughs> yeah. We made the connection, yep. and it held a year before it was time for us to actually connect. Mm-hmm. And again, Law of Attraction didn't forget. No. It no. remembered we made a connection, and there was something there that was really very special. Like, oh, That's God. very cool. That's so, really cool. I wonder how many other things that you, myself, or people who are listening – have almost forgotten about that they've been wanting or asked about, that Law of Attraction is orchestrating and it's about to show up as long as you're open to receive. I don't think we have enough time on the show to list all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sometimes people think things show up like out of the blue. They don't really, because what I recognize is, Things don't show up out of the blue. It's just when they do show up, it's we finally got ourselves, our own resistant selves, out of the way. Right, yeah. But it does also seem like from the conscious perspective that it does show up out of the blue. It, we, we have, it takes a while to get used to the idea that it's not out of the blue. It, it, this was what we were attracting all along, but exactly. we, we just didn't know what the timing was going to be. And it's the timing that sounds <laughs> crazy sometimes. I mean, some of the timings of stuff that happened are just bizarre. There's just no other way to describe it, really. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, it, I've said this before, but I grew up um, with a very religious belief system. Mm-hmm. And within that belief system, there was this phrase used quite often in our household, yeah. which is, well, we're waiting on God's perfect timing. And that, kind, that kind of reflects it, yeah. I kind of have to tell you that eventually, as a grown adult, I learned that God's perfect timing... I know my mom's not listening, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> but mom's timing of when her own comfort level 
came about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the things that somehow God never manifested, it's because her fears were too great, and then it just didn't occur. Yeah, that happens. When I walked away from that religious background and kind of opened up into a bigger, expansive spiritual, you know, understanding, and then understood more of Law of Attraction, I realized that the timing is almost always now, but we're so in the way, it can't be now. Yeah. We're very complex creatures. I mean, we... They're playing with lately, and that's why I started the top of the show with, there were technical issues at the top of the show. Then I started focusing on, well, in the moment the problem is created, in that same moment the solution is also created. So I wonder how quickly that solution can happen. And you all of a sudden got a clue within seconds, and you went, boom, I think I figured it out, and boom, you started the show over, and that was right on. And it's true that I was not resistant at all. I was like, please give me an idea of what to do here, because I'm not sure what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when when resistance is not present, things show up almost instantaneously. It makes sense, really, because it's not like the, the the universe needs to have like a built-in timer. Okay, let's play the waiting game before we're going to deliver it to you. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, we all have had numerous, numerous experiences where stuff takes forever to show up. And when you realize, by being pretty honest with yourself, uh, I know I've spent quite a bit of time doing this, that there's an awful lot of conflict in our own heads going on all the time it's a wonder that we attract anything cleanly (laughs) (laughs) agreed (laughs) you know it really is it's just amazing that it actually you know we're actually able to do it from a to b bang it's done because there's so much stuff that we get involved in in our in our subconscious minds and our conscious minds and our conversations in stuff we read and what we're watching in the media and so on and so forth endlessly there's just so much in there that we're we're constantly going back and forth. Oh, that's great! I think it's going to be terrible. I can't believe that's going to happen. Maybe it won't happen. Just we're just all over the place, and we all have these internal dialogues going on. Probably the hardest thing to do is the easiest one, which is to just give ourselves the same message over and over again. It seems like it should be really, really easy, and yet the moment we do it, how many of us? I know I do it a lot. How many of us follow it up with, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I do, we I all do, do it. Do. It's crazy. It, but, you know, what I'm finding for me, this is kind of the evolutionary space that I'm in right now, is I'm rec- starting to recognize the the thoughts that seem so trite. It's like just a little teeny something, but it shows up a lot that I don't notice it because it's so trite. It's mm-hmm. so... Uh, non-intense, it's so subtle, there's the word, that I don't recognize it. Um, And it's not until something big happens that feels really uncomfortable that I start dissecting my thoughts and I find some little teeny something that crept in. (laughs) And what's fascinating is oftentimes, at least for me right now, if I just acknowledge that thought and I acknowledge it in a way like, wow, that doesn't serve me, or I don't really believe that, or that doesn't align with my truth. I don't have to dig any further. It's like that was, an enu- that was enough 
for it to kind of go away. Yeah, you get to a point where you, you've been not so much monitoring your thoughts, but but paying attention to that stuff and noticing more and more of that stuff over time. And I know early on, my tendency was, okay, I've got to do something about this thought right now. And, you know, well, let's see, what are the things that I can do? Oh, yeah, I can pivot and try to remember all the things you're supposed to do and so forth. You do it often enough over time. Like you say, it's just, okay, I'm done with that. Move on. It's real quick, which is nice because I, if I had to, to stay in the mode that I was in when I first started, I'd be a wreck by now. <laughs> Well, you know, there was a conversation we so don't like to feel um, not happy anymore that if I get off into some place that's negative, I don't stay there but maybe 15 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. max because it's so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I've got to do something to change it. Well, last night I was kind of feeling the pressure of many things mounting in my life, one of which was I was already exhausted. My work week last week was just over the top in terms of like, lots of intensity. Saturday, I slept or couldn't move most of the day just to kind of get my, my, my natural energy back. Wow. And so Sunday morning, I woke up and I hit the ground running. I knew I had a lot on my agenda, you know, and I was like going, going, going. And, you know, near the end of the evening, it's like I knew I needed to get all this Facebook pub, uh, my Facebook posts like scheduled to launch today. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't do Facebook that often. And so it's like when I do, it's like starting all over. Oh, yeah. Software. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was frustrated with it. And I was looking, reading through all the emails from the publisher and other people, you know, that are now in our private Facebook group as to what they recommended. And I'm like, this is just not my forte. And I feel like I'm having to learn this. And I was starting at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Oh, yeah. And. <laughs> And, and even when I started then, it was after I'd taken a, a nap because I was so tired I couldn't keep going. So I'm like, I need to take a nap, and then I hoped I would wake up, and I did. And I started working on, you know, the book publish or the book marketing. And I was getting more frustrated and more frustrated to the point that I was just like at my wit's end. And I have a friend who had, was spending the night last night, and I just said to her, I go, oh, I'm just at the end. I, I just, I'm frustrated with this and this and this and this. And she stood in the in like the the doorway as I was talking to her, and she was starting to walk away because she was saying good night because she was ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Wendy, you always figure this stuff out." And she said, "I know that by morning, this will be like just a memory." Which and is I went, cool. "Huh?" And then she also said, "She goes, and tomorrow you're going to be a number one bestseller." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, first of all, that was awesome encouragement, but I was in such a not pleasant mood." that it was hard to really drink it in at the moment. Sure, yeah. But her encouragement was enough that while I was in this really frenzied state, and I realized my heart was racing so hard that even as I'm reclining in bed, it just it would my heart rate would not go down. Ah. And I and all of a sudden I remembered what I said on air last week. I don't put up with negativity or pain for anything more than 15 to minutes to an hour. Mhm. And I went, do I mean that? I'm like, yeah, I mean that. And this is really bad pain for me. So I'm like, all right, what is this about? And I just started exploring my, my thoughts. And I realized that for me, the word unprepared is what popped up. Oh. And I went, oh, that's what I'm disliking. Because the way this book launch has gone has caused me to feel unprepared because all of a sudden, boom, 
I get noticed it's happening, but I didn't have the Wendy time frame that I like to do get all my ducks in a row because See. I was already really busy. This would have been the absolute not time. This was not the time period that I would have selected for my book launch. <laughs> yeah, so so you were caught off guard, basically. I mean, yeah, I you, so you were ready for this, but but you weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready to do the Facebook marketing. I wasn't ready for the launch to happen because part of it is on the launch day, you have to be in and out of Facebook all day long um, posting and commenting because that's how you raise your Facebook whatever. Yeah, your score. And i got to so, tell you, for yeah. all the years I've been on Facebook, I got two personal emails that said I have so much engagement, they gave me a $10 credit for Facebook ads. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, holy cow. So whatever it is that all of us authors are doing together is creating this whirlwind experience of lots of engagement, but I knew it was going to require that from me. So Mm -hmm. here's this thought. I knew that when I started my job today, first thing, I had so much on my plate already that I couldn't fathom that there would be time for me to do anything on Facebook. (laughs) I mean, nothing. And so that was building in the intensity of my frustration. Yeah, that, that would not feel good. feeling not prepared. No, that wouldn't feel good at all. So, but after I got the word not feeling unprepared or not feeling prepared, I went, oh. And that actually created some relief. Hmm. Because it wasn't a mystery as to why I was feeling that way. Yeah, you identified like, the problem and so it gave you a chance to breathe a little bit. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I really do like preparedness. I'm a mega planner. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And the people I'm working with, that's not their natural personalities. And they love to fly by the seat of their pants. And they do well doing it that way, but not me. Mm-hmm. And so this morning when I woke up, I woke up, you know, very, I, I woke up with a fresh mind. I wasn't in a bad place. I didn't hate all the people I was working with now. <laughs> <laughs> and like maybe 15 minutes before I got out of bed, I started prepaving my day. And I just said, you know what? Everything always works out for me. And I actually work well in a crunch. And somehow smoothness can come out of this because the universe knows what I need and the universe knows all the people I need to connect with in order to make things happen. And those things are already being laid out for me. And so somehow today is going to be an exceptional day, even though I don't know how it's going to happen. I know it will because that's what I expect, and that's what happens in my world because everything always works out for me. Those are some exceptional affirmations that you did there because not only were they all very affirmative, but they were specific to what was going on that you were directly trying to face so you could actually face it better and feel better about it. Those were just stellar affirmations. Thank you. They really were. I believe them all. None of those were affirmations I was making up, like, oh, what do I hope I want? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were just the words that rolled out of my tongue, or actually I, I had my, you know, my eyes were still closed. It's just kind of what rolled off of my thought process. And I started my day, and as I did, I started triaging my inbox, and I was thinking to myself, oh, shouldn't I get to this other project for, first, because that's like the first thing on my docket? And I was getting, no, just keep going, do your inbox. So I did, hour and a half, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't checked Facebook. And it's like, don't worry about it. I mean, these are the messages I'm getting. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Just keep going. And because I believe in following the impulse. And then the next thing that happened, I got, okay, now make this phone call. And no answer. Now make this phone call. No answer. Okay? Make this phone call. Boom. 
I got exactly what I had to book a room for um, a meeting tomorrow in another city where we don't have an office. Mm-hmm. And boom, it, I made the connection. They had the availability. And she's like, I'll send you the contracts now. I'm like, that was so simple. Good. That was so simple. That's good. And that was the thing I had to do. I thought I had to do at 8 o'clock the moment I walked in the door mm-hmm. of, in my office. Mm-hmm. Instead, it didn't happen until like around 940. So the way I look at it is, who knows, maybe the gal I needed to talk to hadn't gotten in the office yet. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by the fact that you got messages at all. I mean, when I'm trying to figure out what to do, I don't get messages. It's like, okay, I think I'll just go this way. <laughs> well, and maybe that's just how I'm interpreting it. Because um, for me, it's it's probably a feeling or a nudge. But while I'm explaining it, I don't want to say I got a feeling or a nudge. I got a, the nudge said, make the call now. <laughs> That's great nudging, I have to say. The next thing I knew, I was down in the kitchen with my girlfriend, and we were talking. And I said, my day is going so smoothly that I can't believe we just spent 30 minutes in the kitchen having a conversation this morning, when I didn't think I'd have time even to breathe all day long. What a nice shift that is. The whole And so far, the whole day has just been... So beautiful, and even to the point when you and I, you know, got on the phone right before we started the show, I said, oh, I really needed this, because my day was starting to, like, it was starting to spiral with a a little bit of chaos, Mm -hmm. and I went, I want something that will help bring me back down and get me grounded again, back into who I am and encouraged and feeling good, and there was a knowing, the show's coming up, and I'm like, even though I was really tired, I went, the show will actually wake me up. <laughs> it will really, you know, energize me, and it does. Well, we also had another way to wake you up, too, because the first time we tried to start the show, we had this huge echo going on. So now you had something to laugh at to let to make you wake up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so bizarre. But, but, you know, as I was thinking about today, today's show, I was really thinking, and I didn't know how I would do it, but I was thinking I kind of wanted to give a blow-by-blow of how my day went because – I'm hoping that listeners will hear that in a way that gives them new ideas about how they can receive messages and how they can have a smooth day. Because when I was learning this stuff, nobody said what I just said. Mm. It was more of a kind of big picture, you need to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but how do you do blah, blah, blah? (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually been one of the big motivators for me to do the podcast at all. Because I was very frustrated by other people's stuff that was out there. Not that they were bad people or something like that, but just they they kept it all high level. And, yeah, you need to know the high level so you understand what that is. But keeping it there is really dreadfully dull. It's awfully dull. (laughs) It's just not fun to listen to after a while. I mean, it's better than a sleeping pill. I'll say that. But... (laughs) And I, I agree, because I do think it's the nitty-gritty that makes the difference between, you know, taking a principle or a law of, of, of the universe and making it work or just knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. You and I and talked I about that to... early on. I, I'm not sure if we did it in our first show together or if, when, if we did it when we were kind of interviewing each other on the phone, but we talked about how uh, early on we were exposed to the whole concepts behind the law of attraction and we had no idea how to implement them. Mm-hmm. Remember that conversation? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that to me is the um, probably the cornerstone 
of my my style of life coaching or oh. my mission or vision behind life coaching, mm-hmm. which is not one of us, I believe, needs another piece of information to sit on our brain shelf with all the other books and knowledge we have on our brain shelf. Yeah, they kind of pile up, we don't need, they? Yeah, we need to take the stuff on our mental shelf and pull it down and find a way to actually make it work in our lives. Mm, yes. Yes. You know, and there are times when I'm in coaching sessions with somebody that it's important to teach them something if maybe it's something they had never learned before. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes when I say it, they'll go, oh, I've heard Abraham say that before, but I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And I'll say, well, here's how we're going to apply this right now to your situation. And then they go, oh, I didn't realize this is how you use it. Yep. Well, we're blind to it. When we're trying to do it ourselves for the first time, particularly if we're trying to do it ourselves without help, without having somebody to talk to, and the only resource we have is the book we just read or the the video we just watched, you're almost like you're hung out to dry because you're taking steps and, and deep down you're saying, am I doing this right? And you don't know because you've never done it before and you have nobody to tell you, yeah, you're doing that great or no, 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 don't do it this way. Do it that way. So you're kind of stumbling through it and saying, well, I'll just try it this way and see what happens. And then if it doesn't work out. You say, Oh geez, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> well, you know, one of the phrases I've heard Abraham say many times is words don't teach. It's funny how much we use them. And yet it's life experience that really is the teacher. Oh yeah. And, never- Okay, I heard them say that many times and went, yeah, that's clever. I don't even know what that means. Until <laughs> I'd have a life experience and all of a sudden they go, oh, that's what that whole block of understanding was about that they explained that I could literally quote inside out and backwards to anybody mm. but didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, it makes so much I more difference. It makes so much, much, much more of a difference when it happens to you. And when you yeah. can when you can piece it together and you can say, oh, now I get it. Now I understand what that thing, that book, that movie, that video, that uh, podcast was talking about. Now I get it. Why why didn't I get that before? That was so easy. <laughs> and, you know, something – now this is going to sound really simple, and yet it took me a long time to realize this is a good question to ask. Like, so for what you just – you set it up saying it's so simple – if I just had a life experience, it would have made sense so much sooner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hear things, and I'll go, that really resonates, but I don't know how that works. And then I'll say, I really would love a life experience to back up this concept. Oh, nice. I like that. That's good. And, and if there's any part of me that's resistant to receiving it, show it to me so I can get it out of the way, because I really want to understand this in a way that this information can become real for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. but that level of questioning, that's kind of a new level of questioning for me. It's almost like questioning the question. Hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me it's like, it's, it's like, you know, the, you've probably seen when someone takes a pa- uh, photograph of somebody taking a photograph into a mirror and you get a mirror image of a mirror right, image right. of a mirror image. Yeah, the, the, uh, the endless that, thing, yeah. So that question I just came up with feels like that to me, Hmm. where it's like, oh, I really want to understand that. And then I ask, bring me a life experience so I can understand that. 
maybe how, the mirror thing doesn't work for anyone else, but that's how it feels to me. <laughs> but but how, how how has that worked out in general? Like as a as a rule of thumb, you, I gather you use it fairly frequently. When you put that request out, do you usually get the answer you're looking for? Yes. You do. Okay. Maybe not in a day. Maybe within a week. Could be a month. Sometimes it's in an hour. But what I notice is by it's not the importance of the praising the question, but it's the importance of opening yourself up to that question. Mm, yeah. And what I know through NLP, conscious mind's job and what it loves to do is to answer questions and solve riddles. Mm-hmm. So if we ask it a question and we're really curious and we really want to know the answer, our unconscious mind goes, okay, I'm going to go find that for you. Mm-hmm, Yeah. You know, and law of attraction. I don't, and honestly, I don't know the difference between whether law of attraction is doing something or the unconscious mind is doing it or they're all working on it together, which it's probably more the case. But so I'm not necessarily um, concerned about which label I put to it. Mm-hmm. But I do know that when I ask a question, it's like everything around me conspires to provide the answer. And if I allow myself to be open to receive the answer, it always shows up. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I mean, we could actually take the little thing you just posed there and answer it and say, oh, yeah, well, the law of attraction is always at work and so on and so forth. But like you just described, it makes so much more sense when you just do it and experience it and not try to analyze it. And so, okay, here's maybe more of me trying to get to that mirror in a mirror thing. <laughs> when I have a curiosity about how something works, Mm -hmm. I ask a deeper question about getting the answer to how does it work. So instead of just being curious about it and, like, letting it be a statement, like, oh, I wonder how that works. No, I really wonder how that works. Mm -hmm. There's a difference there. What do you think that difference uh, produces? How does it make the, the end result experience different? Because when we're not really seeking an answer, we don't get one. If we're just staying in a state of puzzlement, like, well, here's this thing I don't understand. I wonder how it works. But you're not really seeking an answer. You just, because, like, I can say, I wonder how this works, with the energy behind it of, I don't know how this works. What you're actually describing sounds very much like, this is, now this is really going far afield, it sounds very much like an educational model that I'm a big fan of called the Sudbury model. And the, the piece of it that I'm thinking of here is under the Sudbury model, the, the, the students are uh, totally in charge of their education, including administering school and so forth. I mean, it's, it's a really uh, very different model of education. Part and parcel of that is there are staff members who are, are adults who are on the scene, but they're available mainly as resources. So as a resource adult on the scene, you make it a practice to wait until someone, one of the kids, asks for help. You don't just you know, look for something to do and just dive and say, well, I can help you with that. You wait for a request for help, which can be quite trying at times <laughs> because you so much want to jump in. But you know that it works better if you don't do that, so you go along with it. And it's really interesting to watch people's minds, not just young people, because I've had that experience through through the Sudbury schools. We actually, my wife and I helped to found a Sudbury school, so it was quite a direct, hands-on experience. But also just with people in general. I apply the same principle everywhere, that same Sudbury approach. And when you do that, 
it's a very different experience, particularly if you are someone who likes to, you know, just jump right in and get involved without being asked. Because you, it, it's trying, it's it's testing. You're you're having to bite your lip and just hold back and wait and wait. And sometimes you wait forever. Sometimes you know you just don't get asked, and you have to be okay with that. But the other part of it is when they finally do ask you, you can actually see how they're working through it in their minds as you're waiting for them. Have you ever because noticed that? Yeah, because they're now ready. Yes. For the answer. They've readied themselves for the answer, which is exactly really what I was saying. And now I think I can say your articulation. Sometimes we hear a principle or an idea, whether Abraham says it or anybody, and we go, yeah, that sounds good. But there's a subtext of, but I don't know how to do it. Mm. And we leave that as a statement. It's not a curiosity, and it's not a question. Uh-huh. Hey, that's great, but I don't know how to do that. Right. And we move on, almost like we've accepted the I don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. But when you go, I don't know how to do that, ooh, I wonder how you do that. Mm. That has a level of curi- That question has a level of curiosity that opens a person to answer. In Abraham terms, it has a very different vibration. Absolutely. And so that's why when I say, when I've gotten curious to the subtle things that I hear in my head, and I go, hey, what is that? What is that? I'm really looking for an answer. Mm -hmm. I always get an answer because when you ask, it is given every time. It's It's, a matter of, are you open to receive? Yeah, yeah. And as you're describing that, I'm realizing I actually probably do that subconsciously without realizing it. Because there are times when I find myself just, you know, doing exactly what you said, not with any view of trying to attract an answer, but more just my putting it out to the universe, like, I don't get what's going on here. I really need some help. And and I'm not expecting anyone even to answer. I'm just saying it because I need to say it. (laughs) Well, you know what? I know, and I'm going to say it this time, I know we're at the top of the hour, and so we're coming to the end of the show. Yeah, we got about five minutes, but you're right, we're almost there. So if anybody is interested In learning about unconventional ways to start a business or improve upon a business, um, uh, Walt has put a a link to my book on the summary page of LOAToday.net. So feel free to go and check that out. If it doesn't resonate with you, hey, it's all good. But if it does, I certainly want you to have the opportunity to uh, purchase it and see what it's all about. Yeah, and when you go, just look for the books link. That's the best place to, to go. Um, if you're looking on a smartphone, all, all the uh, menus, you know how they get shrunken down to one little button. It just says buttons or something like that. So just click that, and you'll, you'll get all the links. But just look for the books link, and it'll take you right to it. You'll see it near the top of the page. Awesome. Yeah, very cool stuff. So, uh, all right. Well, I it, got... it, would not, it would not surprise me if when I get off the phone and I go check the computer, if the book's already at number one or two or three. I well, know it's climbing, well, even while we're talking, because we were stirring up the energy. You'll, you'll have to report to us tomorrow what happened. I mean, that's all there is Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. <laughs> you got it. Um, now, i got to ask you something else before we go, because we do have a couple minutes here. Um, and I also want to do the usual uh, announcements about subscribing and so forth. But now that you're an author... This is a question that somebody asked me right after I got published, and I and it was a, it took me by surprise. So I want to see what what it does for you. What does it feel like to be an author? I don't know that it feels any different. <laughs> That's what my answer was. <laughs> I mean, I've been an author in a way for a year. It just took this long to get it published. Yeah. 
Um, but I have had a lot of excitement today as my friends have popped in and said congratulations. Um, I have felt a sense of celebration that I've reached a milestone of something that I set out to do a long time ago, and here it is. It's kind of surreal because I don't know what to think of it. It's also a very interesting model that your editor has put together because her model from a marketing perspective is brilliant. The idea of not only bringing some you know, really good people together to be the authors, but to do a large number of them and then to engage them all in doing a massive social media launch because you're basically leveraging everybody's contacts all at once. That, that's a pretty smart all her, strategy. Yeah, all, all of her books go number one. I can see why with a strategy like that, because you're basically multiplying in, in a number of different ways and applying huge leverage right at the beginning. That, that's pretty good. And I didn't know how this one would go because most of her other books, she did a pre-launch mm -hmm. where they were like, because I did an interview and many of the authors did, and they would like roll those out in, in like a telesummit. And for whatever reason, that didn't happen this time. And so it's like today at 6 a.m. Uh, Central Time, was the beginning of the book launch. We had no pre-launch So there's no pre-launch. Wow, yeah. And pre-launches are very valuable, so to do it without a pre-launch, it's kind of like doing it without a net. <laughs> kind of. And I was a little concerned until my girlfriend said to me last night, she goes, oh, tomorrow you'll be a number one author. And I went, I will be. And I knew, I knew with every ounce of my being that was happening. Th that's a terrific place to be, to be able to get yourself to the place where you're that confident, because that confidence... That speaks volumes. So, yeah. Well, I didn't get in this to be number two. <laughs> <laughs> and on that uplifting note, I just want to remind everybody, if you have not yet subscribed to our podcast so you can be listening on a regular basis, please do so because Wendy and I do this every day, Monday through Friday from 4 to 5 Eastern Time. Uh, we also have other co-hosts who join me in the mornings, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9. Uh, it's Mondays and Fridays. It's Tom Wells. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesday, Wednesdays at this point, looks like it's going to be uh, Cindy Chavez. And uh, Thursdays, Joel Elston. And, of course, uh, with uh, David Barkey on Sundays for our Thursday on PRN. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of reasons to be subscribing because there's a lot of stuff going on. And we want you to be a part of it. Uh, oh, and also, we should, we, you know, we should do something else, Wendy. We should get everybody pushing the social media buttons for, for our podcast, too, because it's going to have the same kind of effect as it's having for your book. So... Great idea. Like us on Facebook. Like us on, you know, tweet our, tweet and we retweet our stuff and, and, you know, share us with your friends because uh, we want to spread this message as far as we can. And, of course, it's all free, so why not? Wendy, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. It's been wonderful. It has been fun. It was a good discussion today. It was really good. It was fun. And, and of course, with a book launch, how can it be bad? So Thank join you. us again tomorrow for another edition of LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. All right, everyone. Bye-bye.